Welcome to Global Perspectives and a welcome back to Hamish and Aaron. Thanks guys for doing your fourth episode here. Great to join you. Yeah, great to be here. And of course, Hamish Chamberlain is our head of global sustainable equities over in London and Aaron Scully is a portfolio manager on the global sustainable equity team here in the studio with me in Denver. Uh, so Hamish, it's early May. Quite a few things have happened since our last episode in December. Uh, first, there's Russia. So simple question here, maybe a dumb question, but what do you do about Russian ESG? Like what if there's a Russian windmill factory? Do you not invest anymore because Russia? Or what do you do to support the E, but mitigate the S there? Uh, yeah, so it's, it's it's obviously a very topical question. And we have had a lot of clients asking us about our exposure to Russia. And on, on one level, it's a very simple answer. We, we have no exposure to Russian companies. And in fact, we've never invested in any Russian listed companies. Quite simply, the, uh, the uh, corporate governance structures in Russia don't pass our sort of ESG criteria. And, and so we've never allocated capital there. Now, we obviously have investments in companies that do have exposure to Russian operations. And we were very quick to do a deep analysis on our portfolio to analyze the exposure of our, of, of any potential Russian exposure of the companies that we invest in. And we um, fortunately have very little exposure. So none of our companies that we invest in uh, have more than 2% of, of sales exposure to, to Russia. And um, they've, I think most of them have already written that off and are in the process of closing down their, their Russian um, sales operations. We do have one US company that does have a significant operational footprint in, in Russia. This is an advanced um, laser manufacturing company. It has uh, operational facilities in the United States, in Europe, and also in Russia, uh, where it uh, has some low-cost manufacturing. Um, so this has been the only company that's had a significant impact, I would say, in, in respect of its operations. And the company's in the process of shifting uh, its operations to its European base. Uh, and unfortunately, the company's got a very strong financial profile, no debt on the balance sheet, uh, and, and, and a lot of cash. And so it's, it's in a very strong position in order to be able to do that, to navigate that. Okay, then, Aaron, so another change in the last few months, uh, energy and commodity prices skyrocketing, obviously. And so the initial reaction seems that oil prices have been horrible for ESG returns. But what's the bigger picture here as far as commodity prices and inflation and ESG returns? Yeah, very timely. Um, so, so first off, not not earth shattering uh, conclusion that if if you know you invest in our sustainable strategy, you're you're not going to get exposure to oil and gas. Clearly, that that that's a headwind, you know, for performance when oil and gas stocks are thriving. But with that said, actually, higher oil and gas prices only accelerate the adoption for a lot of our companies um, that we invest in, and actually are are very positive for these companies. The an obvious example is, is the renewable energy sector. We invest in a number of renewable energy development platforms. Um, and as the price of oil and gas goes up, the, the number of projects then can actually pencil acceptable returns increases. Not only that, but you see just greater demand for a lot of these renewable projects. So the, the Russian war, that, that definitely has increased the spotlight on the geopolitical vulnerabilities of certain countries. And these countries will now be even more aggressive in transitioning towards renewable energy. Uh, you know, I guess another example would be electric vehicles. Higher oil and gas prices only 
make electric vehicles more attractive to consumers. There was uh, that recent study by the University of Toronto that compared the lifetime costs of owning a Tesla 3 versus a RAV4 and concluded that it was actually cheaper over the life of the vehicle to own the Tesla. So while we no longer have direct exposure to EV manufacturers, we do have a great deal of exposure to companies that supply key technology that's inputted into those electric vehicles. This can be connectors, the the wiring of the car, semiconductor chips, um, electric motors, et cetera. Okay. So what else is going on? How are you guys feeling right now about the broader ESG investing environment during what's been a wild year so far with rates and equity sell-offs and inflation? What does that mean for the broader landscape outside of just commodities and, and Russia like we just talked about? Yeah, I think I think that it's important to really emphasize who we are as investors and and where we generate alpha. And you know, at the heart of our strategy is being long-term investors and you know, being long-term investors means not reacting to short-term trends of, of the sector rotation we're seeing. No doubt growth is, at least for the time being, out of favor currently. And, um, you know, the growth of your sectors such as IT, they, they definitely suffered over the last few months. But, but we look at the current volatility as an opportunity to take advantage of a market that is clearly short-term fearful right now and, and add to names we have conviction in the long-term thesis. So, we were fortunate to not get caught up in buying a lot of these more speculative business models over the last couple of years that, you know, a lot of times were tied up in ESG, such as hydrogen, renewable fuels, um, some of these more speculative battery technologies. Um, a lot of these came out through SPACs. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard about these. Um, so our, our focus has always been in investing in proven business models with obvious competitive advantages that have a line of sight to profitability, if not right now, down the road. And, you know, a lot of these, these IPOs were, were actually, you know, bought by some of our competitors. Um, and we just felt that these were far too speculative uh, for our investment lens. So we're, we're investing in companies with great compounding potential because they offer solutions to key societal and environmental challenges. You know, these are companies that should actually do really well in an inflationary environment. They have pricing power and they're offering solutions in a lot of cases that are deflationary, such as software or low-cost energy um, via renewables. It should also be pointed out that there's this common media narrative that growth always suffers in a Fed-rising environment, which actually is not based in fact. If we go back to the early 90s, there have been four Fed tightening cycles and three of those four, growth actually outperformed value. In addition, technology was often the, the best sector to invest in during those four periods. So while we're not saying that growth will outperform value this time, I do think it's important to point out that this current media narrative is detached from recent history. Okay, Hamish, maybe to close out here, how do you think we'll transition out of the short-term environment and all these headwinds? And uh, where do you think we go from here in the medium term? Yes, and I think I think I think it's really important to sort of you know you know reinforcing Aaron's comments to distinguish between the short term and the medium term, and that you know, there is no doubt that we're you know sailing sailing through some um, pretty adverse weather conditions when it comes to growth and ESG um, in in the short term. In in fact, these are the most adverse market conditions that uh, I've experienced in in the last ten years that I've been working on sustainable investment strategies, but. You know everything that we see in the world today, the, the, the current global economic and political climate, we believe is 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 really only reinforcing the medium term trends 
that we're focused on. When we look around the world, we see a lot of concerns around supply chain um, fragility, um, a lot of focus on um, economic resilience, on reshoring, on relocalizing supply chains, on energy independence. And, and these are all things that are playing into the sustainability trends that we're focused on. And uh, also, it's an interesting dynamic as well, because when we look around the world and look at the sort of the bottom up view of the companies that we follow, we see a lot of positive signs. A lot of the companies that we invest in, so so far this year, when we look at the the results that the companies we invest in, um, our companies have been reporting very strong fundamentals. Um, you know, there is good growth, good resilience in their business models, and and they're providing constructive commentary on the outlook. And we're also seeing that um, at the sort of the country level, uh, governments that are increasing their focus on, on, on making investments in renewable energy, reshoring these supply chains. We've seen big announcements from some of the semiconductor companies around building fabs in the US and in Europe. Um, some of the companies that supply the, um, the parts and equipment and technologies that go into these new factories have been telling us how they've been seeing increasing order books, rising demand, and they can see a strong pipeline. So, so we, we remain very, I'd say, very constructive. Um, and, and as Aaron said, and as Aaron made the point, um, we, we actually welcome um, the market volatility because it's throwing up opportunities. And we'd also like our clients and our investors to regard um, you know, this as an opportunity as well. Um, I always get excited talking about our investment strategy in times of market volatility because really the opportunities only increase during these periods. Okay. Thanks, guys. I think that's a good place to close it out then. You helped me on a couple of the near-term kind of concerns and, and questions around Russia and the, the commodity price movements that we've been seeing. And I think that really sets a table for what will be our fifth conversation coming up later about what's going on as we transition out of this environment. So uh, thanks again, guys, for joining again. And thanks to our listeners. Uh, please don't forget to like or comment. And if you'd like to hear more from Janice Henderson, you can find more Global Perspectives on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen. And of course, check out the site section of the Janice Henderson website. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. The views presented are as of the date published. They are for information purposes only and should not be used or construed as investment, legal or tax advice or as an offer to sell, a solicitation of an offer to buy, or a recommendation to buy, sell or hold any security, investment strategy or market sector. Nothing in this material shall be deemed to be a direct or indirect provision of investment management services specific to any client requirements. Opinions and examples are meant as an illustration of broader themes, are not an indication of trading intent, are subject to change and may not reflect the views of others in the organization. It is not intended to indicate or imply that any illustration or example mentioned is now or was ever held in any portfolio. No forecasts can be guaranteed and there is no guarantee that the information supplied is complete or timely, nor are there any warranties with regard to the results obtained from its use. Janice Henderson Investors is the source of data unless otherwise indicated, and has reasonable belief to rely on information and data sourced from third parties. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal and fluctuation of value. Not all products or services are available in all jurisdictions. This material or information contained in it may be restricted by law, may not be reproduced or referred to without express written permission or used in any jurisdiction or circumstance in which its use would be unlawful. Janice Henderson is not responsible for any unlawful distribution of this material to any third parties, in whole or in part. The contents of this material have not been approved or endorsed by any regulatory agency. Outside of the US this document is intended solely for the use of professionals, defined as eligible counterparties or professional clients, and is not for general public distribution. Past performance does not predict future returns. Marketing communication. The value of an investment and the income from it can fall as well as rise and investors may not get back the amount originally invested. There is no assurance the stated objectives will be met. Nothing in this document is intended to or should be construed as advice. This document is not a recommendation to sell, purchase or hold any investment. 
There is no assurance that the investment process will consistently lead to successful investing. Any risk management process discussed includes an effort to monitor and manage risk which should not be confused with and does not imply low risk or the ability to control certain risk factors. Various account minimums or other eligibility qualifications apply depending on the investment strategy, vehicle or investor jurisdiction. We may record telephone calls for our mutual protection, to improve customer service and for regulatory record-keeping purposes. Issued by Janus Henderson Investors. Janus Henderson Investors is the name under which investment products and services are provided by Janus Henderson Investors International Limited, registration number 3594615, Janus Henderson Investors UK Limited, registration number 906355, Janus Henderson Fund Management UK Limited, registration number 2678531, Henderson Equity Partners Limited, registration number 2606646, each registered in England and Wales at 201 Bishopsgate, London EC 2M3AE, and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority, and Henderson Management SA. Registration number B22848 at 2 Rue de Bitburg, L1273, Luxembourg and regulated by the Commission de Surveillance du Secteur Financier. Janus Henderson provides investment advisory services in the US through Janus Henderson Investors US LLC, together with its participating affiliates. Investment management services may be provided together with participating affiliates in other regions. Environmental, social and governance, ESG, or sustainable investing considers factors beyond traditional financial analysis. This may limit available investments, and cause performance and exposures to differ from, and potentially be more concentrated in certain areas, than the broader market. Commodities, such as oil, metals and agricultural products, and commodity-linked securities are subject to greater volatility and risk and may not be appropriate for all investors. Commodities are speculative and may be affected by factors including market movements, economic and political developments, supply and demand disruptions, weather, disease and embargoes. Energy industries can be significantly affected by fluctuations in energy prices and supply and demand of fuels, conservation, the success of exploration projects, and tax and other government regulations. Alpha compares risk-adjusted performance relative to an index. Positive alpha means outperformance on a risk-adjusted basis. Volatility measures risk using the dispersion of returns for a given investment. Janus Henderson, Knowledge Labs, and Knowledge Shared, are trademarks of Janus Henderson Group PLC or one of its subsidiaries. Copyright Janus Henderson Group PLC. C052243669. 053024TL.